Where can they find understanding? That's actually Job 28, 12. Drop down to actually Job 28, 23. And I want, I want to read this. And I don't, you know, a lot of people don't read Job, or they may read the first part of Job, but this is actually very powerful. It says, God alone understands the ways to wisdom. He knows where it can be found. For he looks throughout the whole earth, seeing everything under the heavens. So you understand even right here that God's eyes are upon the earth. His eyes are upon his people. His eyes are upon everything that happens. So, so we, we at the very beginning, we see God as, as supreme, as ruler. But his eyes are upon the, upon the whole earth. I don't fear anything. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. I'm not afraid of, of anybody saying, I'm, I'm not afraid. I, you know, the spirit of fear that we see actually exhibited, you know, on earth right now, that's not what God's talking about. He's talking about the beginning of wisdom is fear of God. And that's one of the things I want to focus on tonight because I, I feel like we at the beginning of stages, you ever pray for wisdom? Anybody ever pray for wisdom? Continually, I, 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 you know, I pray for, I pray for wisdom. I, I want, I want to walk in the surety of wisdom. But one of the things that God is setting before us in an understanding right at the very beginning is that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So we have to start with a clear definition to understand, you know, what wisdom is, how the spirit of wisdom flows, and how it moves. But I'm telling you, when when we begin to attach ourselves to the fear of God, I, you know, I'll, I'll say, I'll be honest, I didn't always understood understand what the fear of God meant because I, I you know I seen God as a loving God early on in my Christian walk that God loved me he he cared about me he 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 blessed me he he covered my sins and, and that is God that, that 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 is a true God we serve but but then there's also there's a fear there's a fear, and that, and that fear a lot of times can come with living in a type of sin, something that, that has caused you to stumble, that God's checking you and always bringing you to a place where he's pulling you back and saying, look, I, son, daughter, I want to be a blessing to you. I want to show you how to do this. But see, that's where we find wisdom. That's where, we, right at the very beginning, that's where we find wisdom. And actually, it's Proverbs 9.10, the beginning of wisdom is fear of the Lord. You know, the, the spirit of wisdom, it reveals truth to you. Even in hard times, the spirit of wisdom will reveal truth. You know, I, I thought about this today as I meditated upon, you know, just the spirit of wisdom. You know, I didn't start out believing in healing. You know, you know when I first got saved, I, I, I didn't, you know, you know, I guess you think about it or you hear about things like, well, you know, I, God could heal. You know, he's God, right? God can do any. God can do this. God can do that. But it wasn't until I began to see the Word of God as as complete truth and discover that you know even even just that that wisdom that God said that healing belonged to His children. And, you know, and then, then there's the application side of wisdom. You know, you know, Miranda and I were talking about it today, and she was talking about knowledge, just that of knowledge, something that we read, something that we get into us, we're learning it, but wisdom is that applied. You know, you, you gather the knowledge of something, you read it, you, you know, like I, I could read the Word of God, I could meditate upon it, I could see that there was, there, there was something about healing. It's like Psalms 91, when you read it, you can begin to put your name in, in that passage, and, you know, th this belongs to me. Me. This is this is what I have. This is what Jesus Christ paid paid a, a paid paid the price for me to have. He took a beating. He took stripes on his back so that I could have these things. So so it was like even even early on, it was like I had the knowledge, but I didn't have the wisdom. I didn't have the true wisdom of, of seeing that. Once I begin to apply this wisdom, we begin to pray for people. We begin to, to see things happen. We begin to see people get healed. I begin to grab that knowledge for myself. What's in the Word? I, I'm reading the Word, but you know, now I'm going to get the knowledge of this Word, and I'm going to apply this wisdom that I have, and I'm going to begin to confess what the Word of God says over my life. I'm going to, you know, I'm blessed. I am not cursed. Amen. I'm blessed when I, when I leave this church. I'm blessed when I come in this church I'm blessed in the city I'm blessed in the country everywhere I go I'm blessed so that was a wisdom that I was getting from the Word of God and I and I got to tell you I didn't I didn't always possess that wisdom and I, I think sometimes we we have to understand that even in our Christian walk we don't always we don't I, I'm still learning amen I'm still gathering things and, and I'm learning about the things of God I'm learning more about wisdom that's why I, you know that's why I pray for wisdom you know if, if you lack wisdom what's the Bible say what should you do Ask, ask. 
So, you know, so I I find myself even even in ministry continually asking God for wisdom. God, give me wisdom in this area. Give me give me something more that that I that I can grab a hold of and understand and move me into that place where where God, you know, I want the wisdom of God. I don't want the wisdom of this world because I know the wisdom of God. I know in the wisdom of God, there are real answers. So, you know, there's the there's the revelation of wisdom. And, you know, one of the things, um, you know, the, the, the more you educate yourself, the more you grab a hold of the Word of God and you begin to, to put it in you, that, that, that the knowledge of the Word. You know, it, 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 you know I, I, I believe that once you begin to, to move over into that arena where the Word of God becomes alive and active, there's where you'll begin to learn how to apply the things of God in your life. And that, that is wisdom. That is, that, is that, kind of, that is the kind of wisdom that comes from above. But understand something. You know, it is a gift from God. The spirit of wisdom is a gift from God. You know, the gift enables us to, to better know God, to better know his divine thoughts and his plans. And, you know, one of the things actually in Matthew eleven twenty five, and you can jot this down. I'm just going to read it real quick. It says, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and learned, you have revealed them to the childlike. So, you know, even right here, understand that wisdom is found through childlike faith. It's not found from, from, a, from, an, earthly, from an earthly perspective. It's, it's found through childlike faith. It's the fact that we can begin to believe and call upon those things which we may not quite understand, but God begins to reveal those things to us. You know, it, it, allows, you know, it, it allows us to begin to simply see what God sees. That's the wisdom of God. That's the wisdom of God. You know, and one of the things I want to say even about wisdom before I get into the context of the text I'm, go, I'm going to talk about tonight, you know, the, the spirit of, uh, of wisdom uh, cannot be released to people that don't go after wisdom. You know, those people that desire, you, you know, it, it, God's not going to release his wisdom to somebody that's not searching for it. You, you, so you have to understand that, like, you know, like healing, I'll use that as an example. I had to search that out and understand God's nature in that area. You know, it's like, it's like finances. I, you know, honestly, I had to learn how to, to, to search that out and see what the Word of God said about it, what the Spirit of Wisdom was speaking about it to know what I could possess and have. And that's one of the things about God. God's wanting to release that. Think about it. His eyes run to and fro, looking for a people, looking for a generation that he can bless. He's looking. He's moving. He's, he's, he's never going to stop doing that. You, you know, while we're here, he's not going to stop doing that. You know, and think about this. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. And God's Spirit wants to commune with your spirit. He wants to show you the riches and the glory. He wants, he wants to show you these things that, you know, man, it, 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 you know, I, I think sometimes it's like, you know, even, even early on, like, you know, you, you could, I can go back and think, man, I was just missing it. You know, if I had just done this a little bit, I was just, if I, if I learned how to pray, you know, or if I, if I learned how to do this, everybody would say, well, you know, if I would have done this when I first got saved, you know, and that's the thing. It's like when you begin to search the things out, you begin to discover who God is. And that's one of the things I got to tell you tonight. Wisdom, it has to be searched out. Godly wisdom, things from above, they, it has to be searched out. It, you, have to, you have to desire to see these things in the Word of God. You have to desire God to move in your life. But it, it, especially, and I want to go back to this because you have to understand, the beginning of wisdom is fear of God. The fear of the Lord. So you have to understand the very nature of God from the very beginning is fear. There is a reverential fear that we have to have that, hey, living in sin is not what God wants me to do. He wants me to live holy among, his, uh, uh, among people here on earth. He wants me to live holy. You know, Proverbs 8, 12, and, you know, and I just, I'm, I'm just reading scriptures here. You know, actually, the spirit of wisdom cannot release wisdom to, to non people that don't search it out. You know, I was reading I was reading a book today, and uh, and I was reading a, a guy that before he actually opened his church, before he even started in ministry, he he spent twenty six months. And you know what his main prayer was? Lord, give me wisdom. Give 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 me wisdom. 
You know, that was his prayer. His prayer centered around wisdom. We think about Solomon. When Solomon, he when he sacrificed a thousand burnt offerings before the Lord, that's a lot of that's a lot of meat. Understand something? That's a lot of burnt offerings. But you know what? You know, there are there are offerings that get God's attention. That offering got God's attention. He brought a thousand burnt offerings and he sacrificed it before God. And God said, "What what what does my son want?" What does my son want? And we, you know, many of you may know this, but Solomon asked for wisdom. I want wisdom. And because he didn't ask for the riches of the world, he didn't ask for, he didn't ask for other things, God granted him wisdom. So I'm telling you, there are things that, you know, ultimately understand, there are things that get God's attention. Uh, a thousand burnt offerings before the Lord, that got God's attention. But, you know, he asked for wisdom. And please understand something tonight. We, we have not because we ask not. And so we have to desire to move into an area. You know, even, even while everything's going on right now, even in the world, I, I, my prayers, but Lord, give us wisdom. Let us stay one step ahead of the things that, 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 are, that are being flooded right now in America. Let us stay one step ahead. You know, pray for your brothers. Pray for, your, pray for churches. Pray for leaders. The, the church is not going down. The church will continue to advance. The church will continue to move forward. You know, I'm not bracing myself. I'm believing what the Lord, the word of the Lord is saying right now. I'm believing that God is going to pour out a, a, a mighty, that there's going to be a mighty revival that's going to take place before we go home. That's what I'm believing. That's what I'm contending for. Amen. <laughs> 26, 26 months, he prayed for wisdom. Proverbs 8, 12, it says, I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. You know, the other night when we were praying, I, 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 I wisdom. I wisdom. Dwell with prudence. And find out, find out knowledge of witty inventions. I, I wisdom. I dwell. I dwell with people that are prudent, that are seeking me, that desire me, that, that, want, that want to be touched by me. I, that's, that, that, you know, and that, think about that, the prudence, the, the, the people that are, are diligent, people that are desiring God. I'm telling you, God, keep in mind, God's looking. He's looking amongst his people and saying, what can I do? What can I do to to, to to make sure that their, their hope and their future is secure with me. What can I do? I'm pouring out my spirit. And he certainly is. And I believe pouring out the spirit of wisdom on, on, on the church at this time. You know, the gift enables us to, to, to better know God. And, you know, the divine plans, the divine things that we have, that's exactly what God is doing. Okay, let's keep moving here. Let's go to James chapter 3 real quick. I don't know about quick, but... You know, there's a, you know, even Jesus, when he said, you know, that revealed to them like childlike, you know, in other words, there is a, there is a type of revelation that no amount of studying can produce. It's, it's, it's in direct, in, you know, it's, it's infused by God. You can study something out, but the Holy Spirit can, I'm, I'm telling you, speak a word to you. You know, it's like the other night when we were in prayer. When you're in a place, it's not, you know, you can't study to, to, to have like the deposits that were even done the other night in prayer. When, when we're in prayer and the Holy Spirit is moving and, you know, and it's like you, you're, you're, you're getting things from the Spirit. You know, and I use that as an example, as you stood up and said, you know, we need to pray for the elderly of our community. I felt like, you know, that was a deposit. That, there was something there that God was depositing, you know, in, in Lisa to, to, you know, we're going to pray for this. You know, that, 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 that's the Holy Spirit that, you know, that, you know, he's showing us how to pray. That's, you know, that's one way that the, the, spirit, of, the spirit of wisdom begins to operate. Listen, it, it's something that we need continually in our life. John chapter 3. You know, we can actually, uh, we can go a, a little deeper here. You know, the concept of heavenly wisdom can further be seen in scriptures, you know, where James begins to talk about it here. Actually, James chapter 3, verse 13. And this is James, and it says, you guys with me, James chapter 3? Okay. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. <laughs> you know, even right here, we get, we, we're seeing a, a characteristic of wisdom. Humility. Humility. Meekness. It's a characteristic of wisdom. It, it's a characteristic of the Holy Spirit. 
It should be a characteristic of every, every believer. Humility, meekness, humbleness. Amen. We, we, you know, we want to walk in wisdom, humility, meekness. These things kind of, we're going to look at this tonight because they, they really kind of go right, right alongside one another. It says, but if you have bitter envy, self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. So we know what's contrary to what, you know, and this is what James is saying. We know what's contrary to truth. Lying, bitterness, strife. You know, it's not humility. It's not, it's not the meekness that he's talking about. It says, this wisdom does not descend far above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. And as, uh, you know, as Miranda's talked and she's preached on, there's like four kinds of wisdom. There's the wisdom from above, and she needs to teach that message sometime soon. And then you get into to looking at this. There's an earthly wisdom. There's a sensual wisdom. And there's a, there's a demonic wisdom. So you have like four different kinds of wisdoms. You have the wisdom from God. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about how we tap into the wisdom of God. Not, not, a, not an earthly wisdom, not a sensual wisdom, not a demonic wisdom. It says, for where every self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil things, every, every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is, hallelujah, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And, I, you know, what a powerful scripture. What a, what a powerful word, you know, even, even right here. So, you know, how do we find wisdom? And I want to look, look at just a few of these tonight because I don't have time to go. I don't have time to go through all of them, but I want to show you in Scripture, you know, how we find wisdom, how we see wisdom, you know, uh, you know the spirit of wisdom in, in operation, how we tap into the wisdom of God. First of all, we have to be pure. First of all, we have to be pure. You have to choose to live a life of holiness. And, you know, that can be foreign to even be said in some church. You know, you, you have to be holy. If you want to be used by God, you have to live a life of holiness. So we have to look at purity. The beginning of wisdom is what? Is fear of the Lord. So, so we have to understand. We have to depart from evil. When we think about, when we think about that word pure, we think about that word holiness. Uh, you know, you, you know it's, it's, it's the, to depart from evil. That we have to move away from evil. We must avoid all evil. You know, anything that lures us to sin, anything that would entice us to move into an area of sin, we have to say, you know, no, that's, that's not being pure. That's not being holy. So, and remember, we're talking about wisdom. We're talking about God, how God wants to flood wisdom upon his, upon his people. Actually, let's go to actually, uh, let's go to Colossians chapter 3. I about said collisions. That's an inside thing that we used to, when people used to talk about Colossians, I think we were in a Bible study one time. I think it was Miranda actually said, did you say that? Was it you? You, you were the one that said, let's go to Colossians chapter 1. And, uh, and it actually wasn't, uh, and we all laughed because we thought it was funny. So, but let's go to uh, Colossians chapter 1. You guys still with me? Okay. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother to the saints... And faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's where I wanted to be. Uh, sorry, I'm stopping there. Yeah, let's, let's, keep, let's keep moving. Verse 3, we give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of of your love for all the saints because of the hope which is laid up in heaven of which you heard before the world and truth of the gospel which has come to you as it has also all in the world in bringing forth fruit is also among you since the day you heard you heard and knew the grace of God and truth as you learn from Aphras our dear fellow servant who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf who all who all declared to to us your love in the spirit Verse 9, it says, For this reason we also, since that day, have heard it, do not cease praying for you, to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and all spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good and increasing, and ever increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, 
according to his glorious power, for all patience and long suffering with joy, give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light that he has delivered us from, the power of darkness, and conveyed unto us a kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood. He is the Imag the, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by him we were created, that we, we are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him, for him, and he before all things in him, all these things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn in the dead, that in all things we may have preeminence. Let's skip down to, um, let's maybe just come out of that real quick. I tell you what, let's actually, actually, let's go to actually, I want you to look at John 14, 27 too. So you have to understand, even, even as I read Col uh, uh, Colossians chapter 1, you have to understand that you've been reconciled to God. That when you got saved and when you confessed Jesus Christ as Lord, you now have an inheritance. You, you now are, are, are a child of God. You've been reconciled to Christ. You've been reconciled to Christ. Okay, let me jump over to John fourteen twenty seven. So we're talking about pure, living right before God. We have to choose to live a life of holiness, peace. Actually, um, I think that's where I want to go. Holiness. You have to understand that, that as a believer, God wants you to live holy. He doesn't want you to live in sin. You know, many of you probably have heard people say, you're always a sinner. You're always going to be a sinner. Has anybody ever heard that? You, you, you can't help it. You're a sinner. You know, it is by the grace of God which we're saved. But one of the things about wisdom, wisdom is looking for a place to dwell. And it's looking for a holy vessel. It's not looking for, you know, and, and, I, and I believe, and I truly believe, it's like you can begin to see the wisdom of God. But you can, you can accelerate that wisdom. You can accelerate in the things of God as you begin to, to move away from sin. See, God wants his people to live holy. You've been reconciled to Jesus Christ. So you have to understand that even, even to be pure, to be upright before God, you have, to, you have to understand that it's possible for you to live a life of holiness. That God wants you to be holy. He doesn't want you to walk in sin. And, and, and truly, that's one of the things that I, I feel like sometimes that we miss and help people understand. That you can say no to sin. You don't have to sin. You can completely walk away from sin. You don't have to, you don't have to wake up tomorrow and think, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to sin. You know, I think it was Jonathan one time, uh, Shuttlesworth was talking about how he called his grandmother one time, and he, uh, you know, it was a testimony, and he had called his grandmother, and, he, you know, Grandma, how you doing? How, you know, you know, oh, I'm doing okay, you know, I'm just, a, you know, a sinner saved by grace. He said, what have you been doing all day? She's like, well, I've just been watching TV. He's like, you know, Grandma, you didn't go out and kill anybody today. You didn't get on the phone and cuss anybody out today. You, you, didn't, you didn't do these things. So you, you see how even right at the very beginning, we have an enemy that will come in and lie and deceive us. And, you know, and, and plant those thoughts. Well, you know, you're always going to be a sinner because you've heard somebody preach that. You've heard someone say that. So we have to understand to be pure, to be upright. You know, listen, we don't have to live a life of sin. So, and that's one of the things that, you know, I want to be able to tell the church. I want to be able to tell the congregation, you can live holy. You can live a holy life. You don't have to keep sinning. You can walk, you know, I, I mean, you know, I can say that as a Christian, I'm not doing the same things that I did when I first got saved. God, God has, has molded me. He's shaped me. He's shown me how to get out of things. Amen. 
And you know, that, that's why I need God. That's why the wisdom of God is so important. We need that to come forth. We need, we need God to show us that. Praise God. John 14, 27. And, and uh, you know, actually while I'm reading, um, actually we're in James, James 3. Um, and actually one of the things, real quick. So wisdom first is pure. So we talked about pureness. We talked about being holy, being, being upright before God. The second thing I want to talk about is peace. John 14, 27, it says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your heart not be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So even right here, these are the words of Jesus. Jesus is telling us, we don't have to fear. We don't have to be afraid. My peace I leave with you. As Jesus ascended back into the heaven, we know that we have something called peace that we can actually have access to. You know, I'll say this about peace because one of the things that, you know, that helps you walk in uh, the, the purity and love of God is learning that you can, you can have peace on your life. You know, when I first got saved, I prayed for peace. And I kept praying for peace. And guess what? Peace didn't come. You know why? Because peace was, peace was a choice. It was a, it was a fruit of the Spirit. It was something that I had to learn how to exercise. It was something that I had to learn how to do. And see, that's the thing about, that's, that's the thing about God and the Spirit of wisdom. You, you, you know, He'll release things to us, but there are things that we have to do. We want wisdom to be applied in our life. We want the Spirit of God to move in our life. We want the gifts of the Spirit. We want these things to happen. You know, God's calling us to live holy, but He's also calling us to, to, to live peacefully. And, you know, and that's what Jesus said, my peace I leave you. So we, we have to even understand right there, he left it for us. Guess what we have to do? We have to pick it up. And we have to believe that I can live, I can be at peace. I'm not talking, you know, I'll talk about peace with my brother or sister or peace with a, a family member that I don't get along with or whatever. You know, you can talk about that kind of peace, but peace within yourself. Because, see, I, you know, that's what I didn't understand. I didn't understand how, be, how to be at peace with myself. I had stuff, baggage, things that I had to work through. Things, you know, I was I, I'm, you know, hard on myself. You know, this, just this, just that. It's hard for God to flow through something when there's turmoil and when there's no peace. And, see, that's what God, he didn't, he didn't set us up to where we wouldn't have peace in our life. And see, that's where the enemy, he'll, you know, you know, unrest, you know, just no peace, just, you know, frustrated, frustrated. You know, I, I used to not be able to, you know, I used to be up all times of, uh, of the hours, you know, just wander, just no peace, unrest, you know, ah, yeah, thinking about this, thinking about that. You know, now, now it's not that way. I mean, we go to bed, it's, she's out in about 30 seconds. I mean, just out, you know, Randy, you sleep? You know, I, you know, you know, I, you, yeah, you do snore a little bit every once in a while, but I probably snore louder. So that's why she tries to go to bed before me is because I snore louder. So, but you know, there's a peace that you can have. You can go to bed with this peace and see, that's what God wants. He's looking for a vessel. You know, if you're at turmoil with yourself, God, it, God's, you got to quiet yourself down. You got to be in a place where where I can begin to speak with uh, speak to you, speak to your spirit, because when your soul, when your flesh, you know the, the soul of a man, your mind, your will, and your emotions, when there's no peace, you you just you just stay in that, you, you know God, 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 you know your spirit, man, you, that God, that you know that's why praying in the Holy Spirit's important. You pray as often as you can in the Holy Ghost. People say, you know. Well, uh, you know, I, I haven't done it since, you know, I've, a number of people that I've met recently say, well, you know, I, I, I got the gift of the Holy Spirit, but I, I just don't pray in it. No, I, I pray in it often. I often I pray in the Holy Spirit because I know what it's doing. It's building up and edifying my spirit. It's resting my mind. It's resting my soul, my mind, my will and emotions. Bringing that into check, it's bringing, it's bringing back what I need, peace. I need peace in my life. You know, so I, I want you to understand that peace is a choice. You know, Philippians 4, 8, and, and it says, and, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one thing, fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, lovely, and admirable. And see, that's what peace does. It fixes itself. It begins, you know, and that's the thing. That's where I begin to learn about peace. I, you know, 
you know, and I think it was Pastor Brandon one time we were talking about it, you know, because people would come up to the altars and I need peace. I, I need pe pray for me. I need peace. And she was like, well, what's going on? I just need peace. You understand something. There's a root behind you not having peace. There, there's something going on that's causing you not to have peace in your life. So it's not that we got we have to, because see, God's not going to give you peace. He wants to deal with the root. He wants to dig up the root so the spirit of wisdom can begin to flow through a vessel. So the Holy Spirit can begin to flow through people. That's what, so let's look at the root. Why, why are you not, well, I just need peace. What's going, you know. And, and a lot of times people, when you confront it, people don't want to, they don't, well, they don't want to talk about what's going on, why there's no peace. I just don't have peace. So it's a very hard thing to pray for. It's a very hard thing to say, you know, Lord, just, you know, give them peace. You know, there's nothing wrong with prayer, understand. But it's like, you know, what's the root that's blocking you from having peace? It, it goes a little deeper. So we have to, we have to understand it. You know, and, and, and finish out Philippians 4.8. It says, keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. So when we begin to, we, when we begin as believers to begin to tap in, think about things that are true. Think about things that are noble. Think about things that are praiseworthy. It's why we praise. It's why we come in here. We sing praises to God because he's, he's, he's worthy of our praises. You know you, you know, you can enter into a place of worship where you begin to worship God and there's just a peace of God that settles over you. Yeah, and then, then you can come into a prayer meeting and, you know, you can walk through the door and have stuff going on and you begin to focus on God and you know what happens? The peace of God comes in and, you, and you're like, I feel better. I feel good. I feel, I feel like jumping. I feel like shouting. I feel like clapping my hands. I, I feel like dancing. You can, you can come into an atmosphere. You, I, can, I tell you what, though, watch this. You can go into an atmosphere where there's unrest and there's no peace. And you'd be like everybody else. Oh, yeah. It'll drag you down. It, you know, you understand? It'll drag you down. But see, yeah, I, I'm the peace carrier. You are the peace carrier because you carry the Holy Spirit. You know, you can change an environment when you walk into a room because you carry peace. It's like what I said the other day. It's like people will chase you down across the parking lot. You look different. You carry yourself different. What is that? That's the peace of God. I, I know where I'm going. You know, and, and understand, this is what wisdom, wisdom flows through these things. You know, so understand righteousness. God wants us to be righteous. Peace, he flows through, he, he flows through a peaceful, uh, a peaceful uh, person. People that aren't struggling and, and, and fighting and, and warring. Things aren't, things aren't going on. Amen. Is anybody getting anything out of tonight? Okay, I, I think I am anyway, so. Hallelujah in the back room. It says, once I, you know, once I begin to fix my eyes on God, once I begin to fix my eyes on Him, and I, and I no longer am fixing my eyes upon my problems, things shift. Things shift. And that's what allows peace to come in. That's like the fruits of the Spirit. That's what allows things to come in. Is when I fix my eyes upon him. That's what that's where God begins to move in. I don't have to sit and think about this. I don't have to dwell upon that. I don't have to I am not wrestling. You know, so the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, we, we you know, we this the, the principalities. We wrestle against the demonic things of this world. But we don't have to wrestle against those things. I'm telling you, God's peace can rest on you. And you have to understand. It's a choice. You have to, you know, the, the fruits of the Spirit are, you know, they're, they're, it's like good character, right? It, you, you have to see it. You know, like good character, you see good character. You can see good character on people, people that make right decisions, people that, people that are doing it. It's like peace. You can begin to see peace on people. You know, coming out of our meetings, revival meetings, you can see peace on people. Maybe they hadn't felt peace in a while. Like, Ron, I've seen peace all over him. There was just a, you know, sitting in the presence of God. He's here tonight to get another infilling of peace. Amen. That's what, that's what being in the house of God is about. Because you get in, you get an injection of faith. You get something from, you know, it's not just my words. But understand that when you read the word of God, 
Even, even in a service, like even marking these scriptures tonight, you know, you may not hear anything that I'm saying, but hear what the word of the, hear what the Bible says. Hear what, because when the Bible, when the word of God is released, what happens in an atmosphere, the word is being preached. And it's like, yeah, that's what the word says. I'm, I'm getting it for myself. I'm getting it for me. I'm, I'm, I'm doing something with what the word says. And, you know, and that's why I said, go back, take notes, read, read what, read what these scriptures are even about tonight. You know, gentleness, I, you know, gentleness is a fruit of the spirit, you know, in Galatians 5.22. And I, I'm going to read that again here in a little bit. But it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against, the, against, there's no law against these things. So, you know, and that's out of Galatians 5.22. Gentleness, let's talk about gentleness. You know, one of the things about gentleness, you know, that, you know, even, even what, um, let's go back to look at, look at, let's look at James real quick. It says, James chapter three, it says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure. We talked about peace. Let's talk about gentleness. Gentleness, gentleness we know is a fruit of the spirit. And I'm going to just, I'm going to give you a few scriptures. Gentleness is in our speech. How we approach people, how we talk to people, Gentle, gentleness is very much in our speech. Titus three two says to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy towards all people. Man, that's a that's a, that's a powerful word. Show perfect perfect courtesy towards all people. Avoid quarreling. Avoid arguments. You know, it, you know I, I know it was interesting because, you know, when John got here last week, uh, when we had our meetings, and uh, he had said, he made a comment to me. He said, you know, what's the mandates here? I, I, you know, like, I, there's no mass mandate. And all that changed in 24 hours since he got here. And he was actually going to Starbucks every day, getting his coffee, walked in. He got to know everybody on a first-name basis. Everybody knew his name when he walked through the door. Hey, John, how's it going? Because he's a friendly guy. But, you know, what God was doing was he, because he was gentle. And, you know, he wasn't going in. You know, he said, you know, I had my mask in my pocket. If they'd asked me to put it on, I'd put it on. I got my coffee. And he said, but I was gentle. I, I was caring. I was gentle for the people. And he said, by the end of the week, guess what I got to do? I got to minister to all the people in Starbucks. They knew my, they knew my name. So he wasn't going in to stir anything up. He wasn't going, I'm not buying coffee here. You know, I, you know he wasn't doing that. You know, he, he wasn't like freaking out on everybody. You know, it's, it's, you know, wasn't freaking out on the employees or anything like that. Speak evil no one to avoid quarreling. So that's, that's one of the things that gentleness does. Gentleness is a fruit of the spirit. Wisdom flows through gentleness. It doesn't through, uh, flow through anger or rage or hatred or anything like that. You know, and I want to say this because, you know, one of the things about gentleness, too, that gentleness also will defend the faith. So you have to understand that if someone asks you why you believe what you believe, gentleness is going to be able to give them why you believe what you believe. I believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe that he died for me. Some people might take that as a hard word, but that's also gentleness. So understand what I'm saying here, even, even your words. You know, I, I don't have to fight with somebody about what I believe. I know what I believe. I believe in a heaven. I believe in a hell. I believe that, that, that the church is going to be, you know, uh, I, I believe in tribulation. I believe that the church is going to be raptured out. I believe in these things because I see it in the word of God as truth, and I see it for myself. It's not, you know, um, it's my job to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, 1 Peter 3, 1, even as I was talking about it, you know, gentleness is also defending uh, what, I'm sorry, let me just read 1 Peter 3, 1. It says, but in your hearts, honor Christ, the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Do it with gentleness and respect, is what the Bible says. So it, it's okay to give someone an account for what the, why, you, why you believe what you believe. Do it with a gentleness and respect. What's God do with that? He flows through that. He flows through that. You know, it's like in California, and I remember Dr. Morocco telling the story that it's a very fascinating story because he, he kind of almost, before he ever went into ministry, got involved with, with a cult. He was, uh, he was friends with some people from Bible school, 
And um, and one of the things they did in Cal California, what beach was it? Do you remember the beach? You know, one of the things that that they were doing, they they were. He had been a he he'd actually met with them at different times and different things and uh, had had prayer meetings and seeming like everything's okay and then they actually go out on the streets and they're holding up signs. You're going to hell. You're this. You know, just just you know, uh, just everything behind it was like and, you know. He said, "I just felt like that they were way off. They weren't being gentle in their approach." And you know, the the Westboro Baptist Church. Anybody heard of them? Yeah, I mean, you know, freaky. You know, go in and, and just, you know, you know, really just rip through all kinds of things. Racial. It's, it's not gentleness. It's not, it, you know, it's not, it's not of God. You know, when people do that, you know, we, we should love people enough to give them truth, yes. But we don't have to, we don't have to bash things. You know, it's important that a church talk about sin because people need to know what to repent of. They need to know how to get right with God. So there should be a place of conviction. There should be a place where people are moved by, by the Holy Spirit to say, you know what, I'm not going to sin. I don't want to sin. I want to walk holy before God. I, 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 want, I want the Spirit of God to flow through me. I want these things to happen. But, you know, he, I remember him saying, you know, it's just like, you know, these guys were way off. And, and a short time later, I mean, some of them were actually thrown in jail. It was a cult. You know, it, it, everything had just went awry. So it's important that we understand, you know, gentleness, gentleness will defend the faith. But we don't, we don't have to, you know, and this is my personal opinion. I don't, I, I personally, me, Brad, I, I don't, there's a radicalness, you know, that, that, that I believe that is coming on the church that, that you know, the, the violent take it by force. I, I believe that. We can't step down. But that's why I pray that we stay one step ahead, that God shows me how to be gentle. How, you, know, you know, we can be more gentle to unbelievers than we can believers, though. I can't believe that church would do that. Or I can't believe that church person would say, God's just telling us to be gentle. He's telling us to love people. Humility. Let me go back. The, the spirit of wisdom flows through humil humility, meekness. So it's, you know, it, you know, it's not my place to come against people. It's my place to preach the gospel, to help people understand that if they turn away from sin, they can get into heaven to live right before God. So, you know, anyway, I, I'm getting off, off track a little bit. Proverbs 15.1, it says, A soft answer, turn away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Wisdom. Wisdom. 2 Timothy 2.24, it says, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, be kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth that we may come to their senses and escape from the snares of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. So we have to understand, you know, we, we need to avoid arguments. We, we don't, you know, it's, it's, it's not in our place. If somebody, you know, I, I give people why I believe what I believe. But, you know, I, you know I've learned because see, I've argued before with people. I don't know if any of you have ever argued with people about faith and God or anything like that. I have. And, you know, one of the things that happened to me one time, I was arguing. I was, def I was trying to defend the faith when I first got saved. And, um, and I was doing it with somebody that wasn't saved. And, um, and, you know, and one of the things that the Lord had convicted me on is, you know, if you're going to defend my faith, please understand and know what you're talking about and it was a real check in my spirit it was a real check in my spirit even from even to the to this day i remember that and james is also talking about i want to close out with this one tonight a willingness to yield a willingness to yield i think it's probably one of the things that when I begin to understand what it means to yield to God, it, it, it means that everything that, you know, what it means now and what it meant then when I first got saved is different. You know, yielding to God right now for me and probably my family, my, my, my wife, is, 
if God's revealing something to us to do something, then we have to be obedient to do it. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So it's like I, I yield to what God, what God reveals you know, in our spirit, I, he, you know, what God, you know, even what God's revealed in Miranda's spirit, you know, over the last week or so, she's yielding to what the Holy Spirit is speaking. And I, I got to tell you that, you know, I believe that there's areas in understanding around yielding that, that, that we, we grow in that. That's, it, it comes along with faith. You know, there, there's, there's faith in our yielding. There's, where we, there's things that we learn about in faith through yielding to God. You know, I, I realize, you know, one of the things even, even yielding in, you know, and I'll say this because, you know, I was a, a tither very early on when, uh, when we first got saved. You know, we, we, we tithed. But then there was a yielding later on in my Christian faith and Christian walk <laughs> when it wasn't just about my tithe. It was going above my tithe. It was about giving a car to someone of great value that at the time didn't have anything. You know, we're... We're making $16,000 a year. My wife looks at me and says, we need to give a car away. Honey, we're making, I don't know, 17000 I don't know. But it was like, there was a yielding. But, you know, you know, after the first car was given away, it was easier to give the other two or three away. I mean, because it was because you had learned how to yield. You begin to learn how to yield to the Holy Spirit, the things of the Holy Spirit. But, you know, that's the thing even about yielding, even, even in finances. And I'll, I'll cover this real quick because, you know, even, even when the Lord begin to show us about yielding even in our finances. He was like, you know, you need to give this person. You know, there was a, there was a pastor one time. He had, he had actually come to Harrisville to preach. And um, again, we're just, we're getting started. I'm learning how to, I'm learning how to hear. Do you understand that, that as believers, we, we begin to be in a place or a process where we begin to learn about wisdom. We begin to learn about the things of God. We set ourselves up where we, where we can begin to hear. And, you know, a lot of times what I realize now is like when I, when I begin to hear uh, things from God, my flesh will say no. Y you understand what my flesh will, you know, like, and I remember that, you know, because I, I literally was in the church service. A pastor had preached and uh, they were talking about bringing him in as a potential uh, youth pastor. Didn't know the guy, didn't know anything about him. And that was a good message. I, I remember that. And, you know, and, and I. And the Lord said, give him $500. And in my flesh, I, 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 I you know, and we left the church, I, and I didn't give him the money. I was in the church. He preached a message, and the Lord said, give him $500. And I'm like, I don't have $500 on me. You know, that, I'm making every excuse in the world not to give $500. See, this I'm talking about yielding. I'm making every, you know... You know, because you talk after church. I mean, you know, our church after church, you just spend 35 minutes talking to everybody. So I had time to run home and, and, and bring the money back. You know, everybody's talking, you know, and the Lord hit me, you know, you need to give that guy $500. My flat, I don't want to give $500 away. I, I, you know, it was fall of the year. Because I remember, I, I want a new bow. And I, I do remember that. I want a new bow. I'm going bow hunting this year. I want to, I want to upgrade. Because that's what you do when, you know, when you're a hunter, you upgrade. You know, you can have one for two years, but you want an upgrade. So, you know, not guns, but bows, you do that. So, and, uh, and I left, and I remember going home, and I, I don't think I said anything. And I, I, we may have been sitting at home, and I just, I said, Miranda, I got to, I, you know, I, I don't know where we're pulling the money from, but I said, the Lord told me to give that guy $500, that pastor. And, uh, and she just looked at me and said, Okay. <laughs> You know, wish her flesh. You know, my thought was, why aren't, why isn't your flesh fighting a little bit? Well, you know, honey, we just don't have. Okay, we don't have it. You know, but you know, it was about obedience. And see, that's the thing about the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of wisdom is looking for a vehicle to flow through, looking to move into a person that's willing, 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 a willingness to yield to God, willingness to yield in obedience. See, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just about, it, there was so much more. And there's, those are the lessons in life. You know, th those are the lessons in life. I, I tell you, you know, and even just seeing, I, anymore when we give, I laugh. Because I just, I laugh. Okay. Beginning of this year, we sowed more. <laughs> we Say, I'm laughing. We sowed more in January than we'd ever sowed in January. I bless my pastor. You know, it's, I'm not, it's not a boastful. I went and I blessed him. I mean, it's, it's a yielding. 
You know, I took first fruits to our pastor and said, bless you. And that's what I did. And then we sowed bigger that month, th this month. I, <laughs> I'm telling you. See, that, that's the thing with God. It's, you know, it's, it's learning how to yield. And, and, and now that I'm learning how to yield in finances, God is showing me how to yield in other ways. The, most thing that, the, the, the one thing that's mo most private to us is our money, our possessions, things that we have. So, you know, when God can begin to, to use us in that area with yielding, I mean, that's, that's where everything shifts. That's where everything shifts. I, you know, I talked to a minister, won millions of people to Christ. And, you know, and that's the thing. You, you learn how to yield. When you realize you're nothing, I can use that. I can flow through that. Not that we're not nothing. We're something to God. But when you realize that your life not, is not your own, it's not about you. When you begin to yield, I, I can, uh, there's a vessel that I can use. And I believe that's what happened to Paul. Who was Saul? Who became Paul? You know, that's what happened to him. He got blinded. And then, you know, in the Bible, what I, what I love about Acts 9, you know, when, when he was blinded, and then he received his sight back. You know what the Word of God says right there? It says he immediately went out and preached the gospel. And what I love about what Paul's, what, what Paul's doing, even, even as we read 1 Corinthians chapter 2 tonight, he wasn't trying to come in with persuasive words. He wasn't being religious. He was yielding to God. He was yielding to the things of the Holy Spirit. He was, he was just yielding. He was yielding to God, saying, God, use me. Use me. Use me like, like you want to use me. And that's what he did. He established himself among the Gentiles because he was, he was willing to yield. You know, Galatians 5, 16, it says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passions and desires of the sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. So the, the, us, we, we have nailed, <laughs> we have put this on the cross. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not be conceited or provoked one another. Or be, or, or be jealous of one another. Man, isn't that good? Isn't the word of God good? Doesn't it bring us to a place where it's just like, man, this is what yielding is about. It, 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 it's a matter of just, okay, God, I'll do it. I, I may, you know what? I may not have it all figured out. It's like, it's like the call of God. You know, I, I never want people, you know, and, and, I, and I believe this. And, you know, I don't, I believe people, when, when there's a call of God in their life, or God's asking to, to, to do something, I, I believe, you know, I, I, I do believe people can miss it. I, I, do, I do believe that. But I still know that we have a faithful God and a just God that, that, that sometime in their life, that he, you know, he may not bring it back to their remembrance and say, I need you to do this. I need you to do this for me. I need you to yield. I need, I'm looking for a vessel to yield. I mean, that, and see, that's the thing. That's the grace of God. I can look at times where, you know, I missed it over here. I passed two blind people God told me to pray for before I ever seen the third, eyes, the, the, the third one pray for where, where the person got their vision back. Two people God specifically told me to pray for. Why didn't you do it? It was a yielding issue. I was thinking about me rather than thinking about him. Because when the Holy Spirit prompts you to do something, he, let me remind you, he wants to work through that. It's not, it, wasn't about, it wasn't about me having a healing ministry. It was about me yielding to what God asked me to do. And so, uh, you know, you know, and the third time we prayed for someone for, for their eyes to come open and, and to be clear, it was uh, about a 20-second prayer. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, you know, we command these cataracts to go. We, we, we believe, Father, right now in your word. We, we know that, God, you're a healer. We had laid hands on her, and, and it, it, she got her sight back. You know, and it was great because she said, you guys were of, you know, when you guys come onto our, my porch, you were like trees, you were like trees. You look like trees. 
But now I can see. You know, in, in my flesh, you know what I said? Really? Really? You can see? You know, that's, that's what, that's the, I was yielding under the spirit. But then the flesh, like, really? You can see? God. You know, we just, we jumped up and down on the porch. We thanked God. We prayed in the Holy Ghost. We were so thankful to see it. It was everybody just in Christine's house, the auntie that lives on the other side of you. No, it wasn't her. It was uh, somebody else on the other side at the first house as you turn in. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I, th I believe that's who it was. So anyway, a side, side note. So yielding. You know, I, I got to tell you, you know, there, there's, um, there's different levels that you'll, you'll have to learn to yield at. And it's just like sin. I mean, it's like when, when you begin to release sin from your life, you begin to, you know, see, that's where God be can begin to flow. That's where God can begin to move. He can, you know, he can begin to trust you with more. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to move away from this. I'm going to, I'm not going to live here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to yield. I'm going to yield to what God has me to do. I'm going to yield to the voice of God. You know, I'm, I'm going to yield to what God is saying. And understand something about yielding. You can be in the right environment where God, where God can press something on you. You know, I was in a meeting, a large meeting, and uh, I seen yielding take place with people. Brokenness. People hurting. People, you know, <laughs> you know, hopeless. You know, ministers running to the altar. Haven't we? We've seen it. We've seen ministers running to the altar to be refocused, to be recharged. Because they had lost their hope. They had lost, they, you know, they'd lost their direction. And it was, it was about a yielding. Yielding to the call. Yielding to a purpose. Yielding to, yielding to the Holy Spirit. And I tell you, you know, don't, don't allow your flesh to, to avoid you from yielding to the things of God. You know, John 7, 37 it says, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. You know, I want to say this even tonight in closing. If you, if you lack wisdom or you want wisdom, you've got to ask for it. But beyond that, listen, you know, James is a great, there's a great picture right there of, of what it looks like. What, what, how wisdom, how the wisdom of God can, can, can move into your life. You know, and, and, I, and I'm looking at people that I, you know, I, I know that you've had, you, you, there's wisdom. God's given you wisdom. I'm not talking, listen guys, I'm not talking about earthly wisdom. God's helped you overcome some things. God's, you know, he's, he's moved in your life. He's done some great things for you. But listen, it, it always goes back to that, are you willing to yield? Okay, are, are you willing to move to another area where, where you'll yield? And I believe, you know, not the only way, the spirit of wisdom flows, but you know, we, have, we, have a dear, we have a clear definition in, in seeing it. Humility is important. Meekness is important. Establishing yourself to be set up for God to be able to flow through that. And I'm, I'm telling you, he He will. He will do that. He will flow through your humility, through your meekness, through your holiness. Holiness is a key factor. I mean, it's, it's a major key factor. A major key factor. Praise God. I'm just looking here. Yeah, I think I wrote down even like in the willingness to yield. You, you know, if something's not working and something's broke, it's like your car. You, you know, if something's broke, it's not working. You, you usually take your car somewhere to get it fixed or maybe you know how to fix it or whatever. But if something's broke... You've got, to, you've got to be willing. You know, that's, that's also a part of yielding. You know, people get broke. You know, Christians can be broke for 10, 15, 20 years. Deal with, uh, you know, unforgiveness, bitterness, hurt, strife. 
they they can deal with that, and, you know, and, and it's 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 ugly. It's ugly stuff. But you know, even in the the willingness to to be able to come before God and yield and say, God, I, you know, I you know whether you need to repent, neither you need to get things right with God, you know whether you know whatever it could be. I mean, that's 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 where you know God, you know, He found me in some brokenness, probably some cockiness, but also some brokenness. You know, because I, I, I wanted God to show me. Show me, God. Show me who you are. I'm going to tell you, that's not the right way to find God. I'm thankful that he's graceful and he's merciful. But not the right attitude to have. Praise God.